The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. It is the Geek of All 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. Again, Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. A couple ways you can listen to us and view us today. You can download the free Swain event app, free for Android and Apple devices. You can hit us up on the text box, comments, questions. That is brought to you by Beatty Chevrolet and BeattyChevrolet.com. We on YouTube, we on Facebook, we on Twitch, and we are on X, formerly known as Twitter. Ben McKee, what's up, my man? Good morning. How are you, man? A little sore, but I'm good, man. It's fall break. Uh, kiddos are up. Some of them are up. Some of them are asleep. But man, we we rolling this morning, man. It is. Uh, officially game week again. I know you're feeling good. The Steelers got that big win over division rival Baltimore Ravens. Pickens. Kenny Pickett doing big things. Look good, Ben. Baseball, you're covering basketball. You got f- football going on. You, you good over there? Did you say they looked good or you look good? Uh, they look good. The Steelers look good. Uh, because they did not look good for 55 of those 60 minutes. I, I was win. ready to fire everybody in in, in Pittsburgh. I, I, I was starting to question Mike T. That, that That's how ugly it, it looked. It, it did not Stop look playing. pretty, but uh, they were able to make some plays, and it, it was not pretty. I, I still don't think the Steelers are a very good football team, but, hey, we are first in the AFC North after a month and some change of, of football, and, it is always a BEA beautiful day when you beat the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers still have Lamar Jackson's number. And I just want to know when folks are going to start talking about Lamar Jackson the way they talk about Dak Prescott. Because I don't see a difference right now. He has seven drops. That did not help, but seven. The the, the receivers did certainly did him no favors. That that is for sure. Um, but again, Lamar is something that people talk about, and and I like watching Lamar. He's he's fun, but it, I think if we dove into it, it's, it's not too different than than what Dak Prescott is doing over there. Still hasn't done anything in the playoffs. He, he he is a regular you can season. Dak Prescott. Yeah, because he's done it. At this is my point. When are we going to start talking about Lamar Jackson? Like we are like we do Dak Prescott, but that's not why everybody tuned in this morning. Everybody wants to talk Tennessee football. It, it is a, a big week ahead right. for the Vols. 
and, and baseball. They want to get the especially Nelson. He wants updates from the uh, from the scrimmage of the night. Now Nelson was in my DMs this morning asking me for uh, nuggets on on the baseball scrimmage. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Nelson uh, does not know what baseball is this this time of year. Busy busy time for sure. Busy time of the calendar for me. Uh, basketball and and baseball is what I was hired to do at 24-7 in addition to helping out with football because obviously football is the breadwinner around here. Uh, so when uh, fall ball is, is full steam ahead and uh, basketball is gearing up for uh, a pretty big exhibition against Michigan State in less than two weeks in East Lansing, on top of football, it, it makes for a busy month uh, for me, myself, and I, especially because I pride myself on covering the basketball and baseball team as if it is the football team. I, I feel like the people over there, players and coaches, d- deserve that. So I do my best to to cover it as if it is football. Uh, so certainly a busy time of the the, the year for me, but uh, an exciting year as well because there's a lot of positivity going around right now. Check and kneeling. It's back. It's the perfect time to do it versus Texas A&M. It's a 3.30 game. If you were like myself, and I'm pretty sure you were, Ben, along with a lot of other people, the A&M-Alabama game was an opportunity for us to do some scouting, see what type of team that Tennessee is going to face inside Neyland Stadium. You may or may not face the same entire, uh, same exact team. A&M was playing at home. Uh, A&M obviously has had some success against Alabama. But this was an opportunity for A&M to, to catch Alabama while they were vulnerable. I don't know how they lost this game. When you look at the stat line, uh, Alabama, 20-something yards rushing. Their their running back, Chase McClellan, McClellan, excuse me, only had 45 yards rushing, 3.8 yards per, per carry. His longest rush was 15 yards. If you would have told me that Alabama would only have 23 rushing yards and and it will still win the turnover margin battle. And Alabama would have 100 yards of penalties and still lose? Whew. I would be surprised. But that was the case. Why? Because Jalen Miro was like Tua back there, man. I mean, he was throwing strikes, throwing the ball over the head of the Texas A&M defense, and that's where the weakness starts right there for Texas A&M. Um, their offensive line, not that great. They allow five sacks from Alabama. But here's the thing, and Josh Heupel talked about it yesterday during the press conference, his three-and-a-half-minute press conference yesterday. Y'all had no questions for him? Y'all, y'all, just, uh, y'all just let him off the hook? Nothing has happened since the bye week. A lot of, no, a lot of good stuff. Happens. Y'all, Nothing had happened since Wednesday, and, and Heifel doesn't like to answer questions anyways. Y'all going to ask him about what games he was watching, if he was watching the, the Oklahoma-Texas game, but they ain't going to ask him the good stuff. But, hey, <laughs> I ain't there, so I ain't going to complain too much. How you beat Texas A&M? How confident are you, Ben, that Tennessee can beat A&M the same way that Alabama beat A&M? Or do you think Tennessee will have to beat A&M a different way? Uh, that's a, a fascinating question. I, I did think the game turned on its head 
when Max Johnson threw that interception right after they had forced a turnover. I, I believe A&M had just picked off Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, and then Caleb Downs, uh, the five-star freshman safety for Bama, uh, made that nice play on the football for, for the interception and, and, and gave A&M the, the ball back in, uh, in their territory, uh, I, I believe. And to me, that, that changed the game right there because it felt like A&M had all the momentum up until that point, especially after forcing a turnover. Uh, and, and then that felt like an opportunity to to somewhat knock Alabama out or at least make them stumble or knock them down to the mat for the first time and, and then see if Alabama is able to get up and beat the 10 count. Uh, so I, I think you have to follow it in that sense, in, in the sense of getting pressure on Max Johnson and forcing him to turn the football over, which he is prone to do. He He is a turnover prone quarterback which is not not a great thing he, he can beat you with some throws here and there uh, he is certainly not your average backup quarterback um, but there, there's also a reason he is a backup quarterback and uh, that is because he is turnover prone and he likes to hold on to the football too long so uh, this is another game and it's going to be the theme for this month of October uh, that the the defensive front is going to have to set the tone for, for Tennessee and and kind of lead them to victory uh, and force Max Johnson into turnovers because uh, offensively and defensively for A&M, they have things that absolutely worry you. Like, yes, A&M's offensive line is not great. I expect Tennessee's defensive front to win that matchup, but the skill position players are very nice at Mm A&M, and Tennessee better (laughs) account for all of them uh, when they are on the field or else they they can flip the game on its head at, at any moment. Evan Stewart, we'll see how healthy he is. Anaya Smith, uh, and there are several others uh, as well. Uh, so th- they have some things that you can take advantage of. They also have some things that they can take advantage of you. And same on the defense. Uh, their secondary is not very good, um, and it's kind of weird. You, you start with the defensive front. They are elite. They they are absolutely one of the best in the country. And then you start to work towards the back end of the defense. Defensive front is elite. The backers are, are solid to good. Uh, the Russell kid is is playing some really good football at backer for them. Uh, and then their secondary, as you mentioned, Swain, is very, very gettable. So uh, I, I think the defense is going to have to force some turnovers. And I also think Joe Milton in this passing game is going to have to find a way to connect on more plays down the field than they have to this point uh, in the season and, and then let Nealon do the rest. 865-255-03. Can Tennessee... Be a and the same way the Alabama be a At the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as uh, Tennessee is able to have more points than Texas A&M. But it's always about exploiting the opponent's weakness. And we saw the opponent's weakness on full display last Saturday as Jalen Milrow threw all over the yard versus... Texas A&M, 321 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception, 33 attempts. Can Tennessee do the same? 865-255-03. We'll take our first break of the day. You're listening to Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Stay with us.
Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Got my man Ben McKee with me. Go Vols 247. King McKee. Oh, that's the next name. There we go. King McKee. Knox McKee. Knox and King. Well, I, I don't know that I... Well, and I guess we also haven't mentioned... I don't think we have. I know we said that I'm expecting again, my wife and I, but I, I don't think we mentioned that we did find out it's going to be a boy. Uh, so uh, we will have two boys under the age at under the age of two in the McKee household uh, by the end of March, which that should be a whole lot of fun for a couple of years. Uh, but I also don't know that I want my uh, white son with, with his first two initials being KK. Um, so I, I, I may I, I may skip out on that or may not. I guess his first two initials, but both of my sons starting with KK. Because then, if 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 I have a third, which I'm sure my wife will try to talk me into going for a third, so she can try for a girl at some point, uh, but we're years away from that. I hope. Um, at that point, you know, people like to to keep all the the letters together. 
I believe you did that. Yeah, with um, and and at that point, you can't add a third K and and have your three white sons all start with a K. I I, I don't know that that would fly over well in two thousand and whatever year that would be. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't, I don't I have no idea. I was gonna name him Jason without the Y. Oh well, he he would have been a loser. <laughs> no doubt about it. It'd be, he would have been. He would have been Jason a loser. King McKee. And you would have been um, going up to the school at least every other day because he would have got picked on. He'd been bullied. But if you would have named him Jason with a Y, oh, man, <laughs> class president, <laughs> star quarterback, no worries for you, Ben. 4.0 student. Can Tennessee beat AM using the Alabama Recipe, the Alabama formula. It starts at the quarterback position when you look at this Alabama game. And Jalen Milrow, who was questioned, uh, who has improved so much in the last couple of weeks, was benched after the Texas game. Alabama soon realized uh, Milrow's the best quarterback for us. He gives us the best chance to win. And 321 yards against Texas A&M, against the A&M defense, I don't think people understand how weird this is for Texas A&M. You mentioned it right before the break. Elite defensive front. Elite. A&M is second in the nation in sacks. 4.33 sacks per game. They've done it versus better teams than Tennessee has done it against, even though Tennessee is number one in the nation in sacks. A&M has done it versus more proven teams. A&M is eighth in the country at rushing yards allowed. Tennessee, they don't get much balance, more balance than Tennessee on offense because right now Tennessee is rushing the football for over 200 yards per game. You have a running back in Jalen Wright that before the bye week was in top five in, in rushing in the SEC. A&M had 15 tackles for loss versus Auburn in week four. 15 in one game. Their front is elite. You're not just going to run the football versus versus Texas A&M. Um, when you go and look at the previous games for Texas A&M and the running backs that A&M has went up against, the Miamis, the Auburns, the Arkansas, uh, Miami's Henry Paris Jr. only had 50 yards rushing. Um Brian Batty had 59 yards rushing. Rocket Sanders only had 34 yards rushing. And then uh, Jace McKellen only had 45 yards rushing. So if Tennessee is not able to rush the football with three-headed monster, Wright, Samson, Small, that's going to put more pressure on Joe Milton and the special teams and defense to account for some of that yardage, make up some of that yardage. Milrow, 323 yards. We haven't seen a 320-yard passing performance yet from, from Joe Milton this year. You don't have Brew McCoy. Josh Heifel said yesterday when one of y'all, one of y'all asked him about the receivers and, uh, accidentally omitted 
Dante Thornton is a possible replacement for Rubicoy on the outside. Josh Heupel made sure that Thornton's name was mentioned. So how healthy is Thornton? Can the young players in Webb and Nimrod, uh, along with Squirrel, who Jimbo Fisher knows is is a dog, and mentioned uh, his play in his press conference yesterday, and then Ramel Keaton. Can can you can you go out there and, and drop three hundred yards passing and have success in a passing game the way Alabama did? That's the question. If you can't run the football, if you can't run the football, you got to throw it over the top, and Alabama was able to do that with Jermaine Burton, who had almost 200 yards receiving. Two touchdowns, nine receptions, 197 yards. He was eating all day long. And Alabama saw a matchup in their favor against Josh DeBerry, the transfer from Boston College. This ain't Boston College, Mr. DeBerry. (laughs) I I was surprised by how much man – coverage A&M played it, it it seemed like against Jalen Milrow you you'd want to make him sit sit back there and and decipher a defense and and try and pick apart a zone because that that is where he has struggled the most is is when he has had to to make those pinpoint accurate throws uh, that that gets him into trouble and also just simply making decisions when throwing the football when you're as, when you're in as much man coverage as a And M appeared to be this past weekend, you're not having to make as many decisions, which is the part of Jalen Milrow's game where he needs to grow the most. There, there's never been any questioning his pure arm talent, and against some of that coverage, I mean, you can just kind of throw it up and and let Jermaine Burton go get the football, which is what happened on a lot of those throws. So, looking ahead to the Alabama game, getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, I, I would hope that Tennessee would not follow that same formula uh, when facing Milrow uh, next weekend in, in Tuscaloosa. I, I'd rather, I'd hope that my defensive line can generate pressure without me having to bring an extra rusher or two. And if your your defensive line can generate pressure on its own, then then I'm dropping people in coverage and, and making Milrow think and, and make decisions and consistently make accurate throws with the football. So I was surprised that A&M did, did not do that. Uh, may, maybe they were hoping that their defensive line would just flat out win the game for them and the, the back end would not have to make any plays. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how Tennessee's offense plays uh, this week. I, I thought the South Carolina game w- was a good sign in terms of the offensive line taking a step forward. Uh, it appears that Cooper Mays, uh, his absence was even bigger than we realized within the moment because mm. that that looked like a completely different Tennessee offensive line, and and we knew how important Cooper was to the offense. I'm, I'm not saying that we didn't, but I even think we didn't realize how important he was because that was night and day difference. Who's we offensive line play? Who and was we? What's that? Who 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 was we? we, we Everybody. Talk, we talking French. Everybody, I'm ha- I'm hammering. I'm not uh, Captain Literal over there. I'm not literally saying nobody understood the importance. I'm I'm emphasizing how important Cooper is to the offense. Well, I want to I mean, emphasize he- how preseason your boy over here said Cooper Mays was the most important player on the football team. Right, but did you think that the offensive line play would do a complete 180 
when Cooper got back? Did you think that they would play as well as they did against South Carolina just because Cooper was back in the lineup? I mean, I did say he was the most important player on the team, Ben. Yes, but <laughs> did you think that the O-line would take that big of a step forward? I, I didn't think the O-line would be that bad without him. That's my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That That's my point. And, and that South Carolina team isn't very good. But that defensive line, it, it's not A&M, it's not Bama, it's not even Kentucky's. But that that Carolina defensive front had been playing some good football, had a ton of veterans, had the SEC Defensive Player of the Week coming off that Mississippi State win. And that that is something that I, I think that you can put some stock into with, with how Tennessee's offensive line manhandled South Carolina. I, I really do think you can put some some stock in that now. This will be an even bigger test this weekend, which is why I'm fascinated to see how Tennessee's offensive line holds up because if Cooper is able to play the way that he did, and, and I also think that Gerald Mincy makes a world of difference at, at right tackle if he can just keep his head on straight. Yeah. And John Campbell and, and Spragans play with the energy uh, that they did against Carolina. I mean, th- this is a different offensive line that we're talking about all of a sudden, but how do they look against uh, arguably the best defensive line in the country. And I, I think that is going to be a telltale sign of how October is going to go. And and you will see in the first quarter how that how this A&M game is, is going to go. Will Tennessee be able to establish the run, or is Tennessee really going to have to maybe adjust the game plan and, and try to beat the secondary uh, before that pass rush is able to get home? The matchup being... Cooper Mays versus Walter Nolan. That's going to be a matchup. That is going to be a matchup. Now, you had the bye week. And you would think, like, oh, man, it's great for everybody. Everybody gets a chance to have a break. And I think that's true, except for Cooper. Like, Cooper needed to play this past week. Cooper needed the reps. Cooper needed a a chance to improved football shape. I mean, Cooper was huffing and puffing in that South Carolina game. Cooper was a warrior being able to push through the fatigue. Cooper could have used a game last week to improve his football conditioning. But everybody else absolutely needed the bye week. Needed a week to to recover, recruit, um, and rest. Man... That matchup between Cooper Mays and Walton Olin and that and that A and M front is going to be one to watch. John Campbell Jr., you came to Tennessee to get paid. It's okay. It, it, it's okay to admit that. I know some Tennessee fans want to believe that you came to Tennessee because you just want to wear the power T. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you did after you knew that you can get paid. <laughs> like you you can get paid replacing Darnell Wright, having an opportunity to start playing in the SEC, and being in matchups like this one. John Campbell got a chance to make some money this weekend. This is a money game. This is a money month for yep. for a lot of Tennessee's offensive line. I mean, John Campbell Jr., uh, Cooper Mays. I mean, th- this is a, a money month for those guys w- with NFL aspirations. Uh, Javante Spragans included. 
Uh, I, I would like to yeah. say Gerald Mincy because I, I think he has <laughs> an NFL level skill set, but who knows if if he will uh, keep his head on straight and, and prevent himself from from reaching the next level. Uh, but this is a game with with the defensive fronts coming up this month that that can really earn you a lot of money, similar to how Darnell Wright did uh, last season running through. LSU and, and Alabama and, and some of those other defenses, not saying that any of these guys are going to be the number 10 overall pick in the draft, but uh, Darnell made a whole lot of money in the middle of last season. Uh, and, and these offensive line linemen can make themselves some money uh, and also vastly improve the draft stock. Another game where you can look at the trenches in Tennessee dominate the trenches versus South Carolina. Uh, the game for the most part, is going to be won in the trenches this week. But who's going to be able to make plays down the football field? That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, you mentioned Max Johnson holding on to the football a little too long. Which quarterback is going to make the, the most mistakes? Who's going to turn the football over? That might be the, your game right there. Jimbo Fisher, they haven't won an away game in the last seven games. Seven games. They're paying this dude a lot of money to win. Last seven games, he has been unsuccessful. How will Texas A&M handle handle the tempo? Because we talk about this defensive front for Texas A&M. But there's a way, there's a way to maybe neutralize the Texas A&M defensive front. We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Swain event. We will also go to the text box, the Betty Chevrolet text box, BettyChevrolet.com, SUVs, trucks, used starting as low as $19,995. You can use the text box option on the Swain event app your comments and your questions. Bring on them baseball questions. Bring on them basketball questions for the great Ben McKee. Sweet event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. 
What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Brian Humsucker, man. He is a fool on Twitter. this morning. I did not say that nobody understood how big of a loss Cooper was. My point was that I don't even think for as much as we knew Tennessee missed Cooper, I think it was even greater than that. And I think the South Carolina performance showed that. Yeah, he, he, he was a big difference. Uh, I'm I'm aware that you had him as your most important vol in August. Take that, and I think Tennessee missed him even more than that. Was Dang, my point. That's a lot. I, 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 my that that's all I was saying. There you go, man. Drop the mic on him. Don't drop that mic. You know, I, I don't want you to break it and then not be able to do the show anymore. But you know what I'm saying. Kind of drop the mic, but not drop the mic. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Oh, the tempo, the tempo. Oh man, how will Josh Heupel with a bye week under our belt? There's talks of D Williams getting reps on offense. How will Josh Heupel use the bye week to create opportunities for this offense using tempo? When you have a defensive line that is really good, like Texas A&M. Remember, remember the 2021 Georgia game? Remember that opening drive? Before Vaguely. Well, Tennessee was able to go down and score uh, one of the first two or three drives. And then talent <laughs> took over for Georgia. Then it was a wrap. But at the beginning, Tennessee was able to have some success getting those big D-line uh, beasts tired. Tennessee was able to score more points on Georgia in 21 during the regular season than anybody else. And then Georgia played Alabama, and we know what happened there in the NCAA championship game. Well, that's what I'm anticipating this weekend from Josh Heupel. D. Williams if he's going to play wide receiver, those receiver screens. You have a secondary right now 
that confidence little bruise. How well do they tackle in space? Get those big guys running from sideline to sideline. Watch those first couple plays for Tennessee this weekend. I'll be surprised if we don't try to use tempo and the width of the football field to really get those big guys tied. Because the first drive, man, that's that's when you're huffing and puffing. You're blowing air a lot because that adrenaline. And then after the first drive, like you kind of settle down and you get your your air uh, back, and then boom, you can you can play and settle in. But that first drive, there's a chance to go down the football field and score if if you are Tennessee. A six five two hundred fifty five o three is when Tennessee, the number. Tennessee's also going to have to do a good job of not being behind the sticks. I, I know I'm stating the obvious oh, yeah. there. I'm I'm not really worried about Tennessee and its penalty issues at times at home. Uh, penalties don't seem to be a huge issue when when they're playing at, at Neyland. That that seems to be an on-the-road issue uh, and, and something that we'll have to talk about uh, against Alabama and, and even Kentucky, um, as, as crazy as that is to, to hear. Um, they, they've got to prove it at some point that they can handle uh, a, a good road environment. Um, but True. this week, I'm not really worried about the penalties, getting them off track with their tempo but how they manage A&M's defensive front, that 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 will also dictate whether they can get into the tempo because A&M's defensive front is just capable of completely wrecking everything. And if they're living in the backfield and it's second and long and, and third and long, it, it's really, really difficult to get into tempo at that at that point. Again, standing the obvious, but uh, some, something that's going to be really, really critical there. Rahan Circus says, I know what you were saying, Ben, but Swain's reaction was Uncle Phil-esque. <laughs> Swain is Uncle Phil. Oh, I know, right? Uh, Nelson from Jackson says, "We want Russian." Uh, that that ain't gonna happen. No, that's not happening. You might want Russian, but uh, that ship has sailed, and I don't know how much Tennessee is willing to go down that road. So, uh, Eli Elijah Russian is not coming to Tennessee. That's that's not that's not happening. Um, probably will be going to Oregon. But uh, as long as he's not playing in the SEC against us, I'm good. I never thought he was going to stay at Arizona anyways. That was just silly. Marion, Virginia says, congratulations, Ben, on baby boy number two. Thurman Lee Munson was one of the Yankees' best catchers. Munson McKee has a great ring to it. I like that one. It 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 does, and I appreciate the the well wishes, Mary. I I don't know that the wife is going to go for Munson, Munson. Uh, but I I will uh, pitch it to her, pun intended, uh, later this afternoon, and get back to you Thursday morning. Munson Munson McKee, we can have like a MM logo, like the Maybach logo. <laughs> <laughs> Munson McKee, uh, how do you think we'll run the ball versus Texas A and M? Uh, I'm not too optimistic about it. I mean, when you look at what A&M has done to every team that they played this season, including Alabama, probably had the lowest total in rushing yards, which is why I think Joe Milton has to be a part of the running game. It's fascinating, man. You got Kentucky, Alabama coming up. You got Georgia coming up. 
Missouri coming up. How much will Joe Bilton have to run? Whether it's designed or not. If we're going to run the football, will Joe Bilton be a, a part of the run with his legs? Had a week off to recover from that knee. Will he run in this football game? Do you think he will be able to run physically in this football game? Yeah, physically. I mean, he looked, looked pretty good. His scramble versus South Carolina, that first position in the third quarter. Um, when we just went down the football field, boom, 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 had a bunch of runs. But when we did pass, Joe had a nice scramble out of bounds for 10 yards to pick up a first down. He looked pretty good on that one. And then uh, you know, I saw Joe Milton after the game. And I was like, I was looking at his knees. And I looked at him. I was like, oh, I'll see you. No swelling. He's like, yeah, you see me. You see me. I've been in that training room. I was like, yeah, I, I, I can tell. I can tell. So I think Joe's good. I think Joe's good. But that is good because I imagine there will be moments, not moments, there will be many moments where he has to 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 avoid pressure by by scrambling in this football game, I believe. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I I think physically he's good, Ben. I think he's good. The question the question is how much are you willing to run him? And if you do, can he hold up? That's that's the question. Um, I don't know how well we'll run the football with just our running backs, which is why I think it's important to have success in the screen game, being an extension of the run. Joe using his legs. That can help out the running game. Let's see here. Big Shot Rob says, Auburn's O-line is atrocious. So is Arkansas. Miami's O-line is suspect as well. Them holding Bama says little to me. Bama ain't blocked all season long either. I'm going to have to see what Tennessee can do against that front. Big shot, Rob. Listen, listen to me, sir. When a team like Texas A&M, who has played against Miami, Auburn, Arkansas, Bama, they had another game against a different opponent, but it's, it's a Rudy Pooh opponent. So it don't really matter. And they are number one in the nation in sacks. They have 15 tackles for loss versus Miami. You can't ignore that. Especially if you want to look at Tennessee's defensive front, be proud of Tennessee's defensive front, use Tennessee's defensive front and their play so far this season is the reason why we can beat Texas A&M. You can't dismiss Texas A&M and what they've done versus better opponents than what Tennessee has beaten. You can't A&M's do that. defensive front has done more than Tennessee's defensive front. You, you, you can't. You can't do that. Now, have have they done more in terms of sacks? No, but they've done it versus better competition. I think that's what you're trying to say, Ben. They've done it yes. better. They've done it better against better competition. You can't ignore that big shot. You can't do it. You can't do it. Can't do it. AM's defensive front has not had a stinker like Tennessee's defensive front has had against a very bad Florida offensive line. Well, they was good that day, right? Kind of. No, not really. They, they were they were good that day because we would for whatever reason, we according to Rodney Garner, Tennessee's defensive front did not show up ready to play football. Yeah, we were not good that day. 
Ron Hunsucker says, I think Tennessee can be a the same way Bama did. But it's, it's definitely not ideal. We can envision Joe taking the top off, hitting Squirrel, Romeo, hopefully Thornton deep. But this Tennessee team is built to lean on the running game. Still need to hit some passes, though. Yeah, like this, this team right now is built on defense and running the football. And there was a really good point from Nathaniel. I mean, perfect point. Is it right for me to kind of view this game like the Orange Bowl against Clemson? You may get beat up in the first half in the trenches on offense, but if you keep at it, you can start to find more running room in the second half. Like, this feels like, going into this game, like the Clemson game. Since we know the results from the Clemson game, we know what happened. You're not just going to line up and run the football in the first half. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take your defense doing a great job uh, of holding your opposing offense and forcing field goals and you know, getting a little bit lucky with some of those misses on those field goals. And then the defense will loosen up as time goes if you stay true to what you want to do by running a football. Those backers still are going to react to the run. Those safeties are still going to react to the run. And there's going to be opportunities to throw the ball over Texas A&M's head. And... And m and I'm telling you, man, it's funky. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen anything like this before where you have a secondary that's so far off, so far behind the defensive line because usually they work together. But that's the case right now for Texas A&M. All right, Ben, I'm going to the phones, 865-255-03. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Blaine, what's up, brothers? Jay. What's up, Jay? How y'all doing, man? Man, we we good, man. We're great. Good, Hope you are good. too. Well, uh, Swain, I saw the uh, A and M uh, Bama game, and you know, Bama, Bama had a lot of trouble running the football, and uh, Jalen Jalen Milrow had to make plays through the through the passing game. It, you know, it was really the the first game that he really kind of lit it up passing wise this season. Um. We're we're about to take we're, we're a team so far that we're we're not very explosive in the passing game. Um, we're a team that is clearly leaning on our running backs who are really good. And Swain, I, I just think that we're obviously about to have an uptick in competition these next five games or so. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I, I think if we're going to beat a And M. Alabama or even Georgia, you know, hell, even Kentucky for that matter. I mean, you're going up to Lexington, but I think you're going to have to make, we don't have to look like last year, but we're going to have to make some more explosive plays. I don't think we're going to be able to run the ball and screen pass most of the times and win these games. I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball down A&M's throat. I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball down Alabama's throat. Matter of fact, I don't know if Nick Saban ever losing a game at Alabama where somebody just ran the ball down his throat. When you when somebody beat Nick Saban, uh, Hugh Freeze's old Miss teams, Heupel last year, Urban Meyer, Clemson, Davos Clemson teams, they all have a great quarterback and they have receivers that can stretch the field vertically. Texas this year, that that's how you get Saban. And I just think we're going to have to make some more of those plays that we really haven't been making in the first five games 
uh, swing. I, I know that's not profound what I'm saying, but um, that may be pretty obvious. But I, I think that's we're going to have to start doing that if we're going to win some of these games. No, I, I agree with you. And we can't sit here, not saying you, you're doing this, but we can't sit here and assume that Tennessee won't be able to do it or can't do it because you look at Jalen Milrow, his first game of the season, he throws 194 yards. Second game of the season, he throws you know two interceptions, two touchdowns for 255 yards and gets benched. And then his next game is against Ole Miss. After he didn't play against South Florida, he throws for 225, 164 versus Mississippi State. And then he has a 320-yard performance. So there's four performances from Jalen Milrow that led up to the big performance that probably had every Alabama fan surprised that Alabama mm-hmm. was able to beat Texas A&M with Milrow's arm throwing three touchdowns and one interception. Well, check out Joe Milton in the first couple of games who we can all agree we're desiring more from Joe Milton in the passing game. Joe Milton had 200 yards versus Virginia, 228 versus Austin P, 287 versus Florida, 200 versus uh, UTSA, and then 239 versus South Carolina. So this team practiced all week except for Friday, bye week, working on the fundamentals, being able to kind of self-scout and, fix some of the issues of why they can't connect on deep balls and explosive plays. And I'm telling you they're close, but I'm pretty sure they saw that and felt confident that they can improve that moving forward. But it can happen. You work every single day. You watch film. You go out to the practice field. Jalen Murrow worked every single day, got better, and then it, it happened for him. We can't sit here and say, that it can't happen for the Tennessee passing game. Because it can. question is, will mm-hmm. it on Saturday? Yeah, well, you're right, Slane. I mean, it, it's – and, you know, Joe's had a couple throws that's been on the money, too. Um, I mean, not not a couple. He's had more than a couple um, deep balls. And it's just it's just not clicking. You're right, and hopefully it can start clicking. I, I told my friend, Slane, this is really how I feel about it. These next four or five games upcoming, I said we could lose them. I said we could win them. We could win them and be – we could go into that – I said, I really, truly believe we could go into that Georgia game playing for a spot as a playoff and a SEC title game, uh, or we could lose to Alabama and a and I, I don't really know what to expect. I think this team has the potential because you, what you have this year is what you didn't have last year, and that's a really strong defense. Yep. You don't have to be as good last year. On, you don't have to be as good this year on offense as you were last year. I don't know how it's going to go. It's kind of it's nerve-wracking and it's exciting because I don't know. I, they could do either one, Swain. That's how I see it, man. I'm going to get off here, buddy. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later on. Hey, thank you for the phone call, Jay. Yeah, like this this team, Ben, can, can, can be in position to win the, an SEC East title or you, you can go to – the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I mean to to Jay's point, I I could see them going three and zero this month. I can see them going zero and three this month, or, or somewhere in the middle too. Obviously, one and two or or two and one. Uh, I, I I maintain, and this was kind of my theme going into the Carolina game. I I thought that that Carolina game would tell us 
whether or not Tennessee is a bad football team. I, I think if Tennessee would have lost to Carolina, that that would have been indicative of a poor football team, and, and it would have been a sign of things to come of a long season to follow. Um, and I I feel similar to, to this A&M game. Not in the sense of we're going to find out whether this is a bad football team that Tennessee has, but I, I think we're going to find out how good of a football team they are. I, I think at minimum – this is an above-average football team. I, I think we can confidently say that at minimum right now. But I, I think based off of how they uh, are able to control A&M's playmakers offensively and how Tennessee's offensive line is able to handle A&M's defensive front, I also think that this game will be a telltale sign of, of things to come. If, if they do those things well, if they hold up against A&M's defensive front, uh, that is better than Alabama's, that is better than Kentucky's, then I think that's a sign of, of great things to come in, in Tuscaloosa and in Lexington. And, and there are some other variables in there, right? Like this program needs to, to show that it, can, that it can win on the road consistently. And, and Kentucky hasn't been a problem. I, I don't mean to lump Lexington in with Tuscaloosa or the Swamp or Sanford Stadium in, in Athens, but that that's the next step. So those those games will have other things that they need to overcome, but just in terms of personnel, I, I think this game will also be a telltale sign of, of what's to come this season like the Carolina game was. That's Ben McKee of Hall 247. We all applaud people that keep it real, right? But is there such thing as keeping it too real? We love when coaches are transparent. Keeps it real. What about Mark Stoops, Kentucky head coach, when he was asked about what is it going to take to get over the hump after their L to, to Georgia over the weekend, and Stoops was asked by Kentucky fans. Boy, did he keep it real. We'll touch on that when we come back. Swain event fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Stay with us. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic... 
That's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Swain event hotline. Beautiful weather beginning of October oh man don't you just love it Ben McKee I love it cannot beat it at all one the the best part I'm sure you get to see this in the morning as well when you take your kiddos um to to school in the morning but as I am 30 minutes closer to the mountains than you are and, and I go even further south to, to drop uh, Mr. Knox off at, at daycare in the morning. I can see the sun rising over the Smoky Mountains, and it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. With that and, and the fog rolling in, it, it, East, East Tennessee mornings in the fall are, are the absolute best. In the, in the last week or so, we've, we've had some pretty cool ones. No, you can't, you can't beat it, man. You can't beat it. You know where I sit, Ben, I'm, I'm able to kind of see uh, a lot because uh, I sit up, Still up pretty high uh, on a on a hill. Um, ain't nothing like East Tennessee this time of the year. Nothing like it. No. And if folks are looking to move to East Tennessee, they should reach out to Jennifer Morse of Keller Williams Realty. And speaking of Jennifer, she does have an exciting announcement uh, that that she is 
ready to make it, and that is that she has uh, joined the Next Move X network, which is powered by Keller Williams Realty and Keller Williams Sports Plus Entertainment, uh, which allows her to have to have her very own expansion team serving East Tennessee. Uh, that is going to be called Next Move Smoky Mountains, and Next Move X currently serves over 40 U.S. locations, and she is now honored to be a part of that network. Uh, and she wants you to know that this means for the Swain Event family that she is able to serve real estate services to over 40 U.S. markets. So no matter where you are, Jennifer Morris can help you find a new place to live or, or do anything that you want to do in real estate. So uh, no matter where you are listening to the Swain Event right now, you can reach out to Jennifer Morris, and and I encourage you to do so. She is the absolute best. Let's go. Congratulations to uh, Jennifer Morris. That's that's great, great news right there. Uh, let's get to the phones. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, good morning, guys. What's up? How you doing? What's up, Turkey Man? Hey, well, you know, you guys kind of touched on what I was going to talk about a little bit before you, you know, early in the, in the show. But uh, you know, sometimes when we miss on a, a five star or or a good recruit, we just kind of blow it off. Well, we didn't need them anyhow. Yep. Uh, very easy to do that. But I want you to talk about why what's made the difference in Walter Nolan. Because when, we, when I seen him here, and I watched him in high school, and he went somewhere else, I really didn't care that he went somewhere else personally. That's yeah. what I've seen, and that opportunity to see him, you know, more than you do other recruits, because he's local here. And something and somebody has made a big change in his uh, whole demeanor, uh, the way I see, the way he carries himself, what he done on the field from what I've seen from high school to now. Um, well, first, he has the tools. He has the support staff oh, yeah. to, to, to be the best version of himself. I think that's number one. Number two, competition makes you better. Uh, he's surrounded by other really good players. Like no one else was the number one player in the country like he was, but they still were the best of the best. And competition makes you better. Cream rises to the top. Uh, we've seen him lose uh, a lot of baby fat. And, I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. He's playing, um, man, it's some really good football right now. It, it means a lot to him. He's matured. I mean, uh, he was a senior in, in high school. And everyone was telling him how great he was and willing to do anything and everything to get him. And, man, that pumps your head up. That's that's, that's tough. That's difficult um, to, to go through. Everybody wants to be wanted. Everybody wants to feel like you're valued. And uh, But understand that that does something to you. Too, as, as a young person, when you feel like you're invincible, you feel like, your worth is probably more than it is at that at that moment, um, but he's done a really good job of adjusting, and uh, he's playing some good ball right now at Texas A&M. So I remember watching him in person, and I was like, eh, "Number one player? I don't, I don't know, man. He looks like you, the- you saw the tools, but you questioned if he'd be able to to piece them together. And I was completely wrong on Walter Nolan as as well. I I did not think that he was going to be at Texas A&M. After his first season, yeah. I, I I did not. Quite frankly, I, I thought he needed to to get tougher. I thought he needed to to slim down. 
He did. Uh, I, I thought he needed to to focus more on on the football it, itself. Uh, and credit to him, he has proven uh, a lot of people wrong. I know a lot of people shared that same sentiment about him coming out of high school as a senior that that I just shared. Uh, and he looks like a completely different person and, and player. Watching from afar, obviously we're not covering A and M on a on a day to day basis. I, I haven't really talked to anybody uh, about him uh, since since he signed with A and M. To be perfectly honest, but watching from afar, it, it seems like he is truly turned the way he was going about his business. He's turned that completely around because his body looks different and you're not playing in that defensive front. If you haven't changed the way that, that you're going about your business. So, so kudos to him. He's playing some really good football right now. He's an impact player. He, he looks like a five-star right now. And and he's well on his way to a, a long professional career at this point. Well, that'd be my point uh, there is uh, the defensive. We know Heifel and his offense, but the defensive uh, coaches, whoever's doing that and, and uh, setting that tone, uh, has really uh, made a difference. Uh, we talk, talk about the failure of coaching at, at AM, and we look at that. But I feel like somebody's making a, making a difference defensively, and I think that's who we're going to be. Uh, have to be, win the battles offensively over. And I just uh, thought what you guys started with very important, uh, the offensive line against their defensive line and the coaching of, of our offense against the coaching of their defense. I'll get out of here, guys. God bless you. I see you, Turkey Man. Thank you, Turkey Man. Good to hear from you. It, it is pretty wild that Swain, Walter Nolan, who is playing some really good football right now in that A&M defensive front, He's like the the third or fourth best guy <laughs> in, in that in that A and M defensive front. I mean, they they just come at you in all types of of ways, and they have different builds up front. The defensively, that they, they have the James Pierces of of the world, the 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 quick, fast, twitchy edge guys. They've got, they've got the big, beefy, run stopping guys. They they've got the the Derek Barnett builds of defensive ends, not not to say that they have a, a Derek Barnett per se, but just in, in terms of that play style, that, that, that style off, off the edge. I mean, they, they have just, they come at you in waves, uh, which is why I really think that this game uh, is mostly going to boil down to, to how Tennessee's offensive line holds up against that A&M front. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's, it's gonna I'm be excited. Fun. The, 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 I obviously did not play football at the level that you played re- really at all, but uh, I, I do have, for somebody who did not really play football, I, I do nerd out on, on the X's and O's and uh, different matchups from, from week to week, and, and I'm nerding out this week with this matchup. I'm super excited to watch this one on Saturday. So, Tucky's head coach, <laughs> Mark Stoops, on his radio show yesterday, said that... Um, you know, the, the fans, you know, they have a right to complain. I give it to them. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days. We can use some help.
Man, that's transparency right there. Um, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And this has been a battle that he's been fighting for a while with getting more NI help there in Kentucky. He recruits against big programs in SEC, so he knows what other teams are doing and what he needs to do to be at that same level. You know Georgia has so many same players before NIL, Mark. You want to, you care to touch on that? How they got those players then? Nah, I'm just joking. No, I'm not. Just, just refer refer Mark to the uh, the articles that that came out uh, over the summer uh, about Amarius Mims and and Darnell Washington and and and, and some other Georgia players uh, that Tennessee was recruiting under Jeremy Pruitt. Although Mark Stoops is not wrong, the timing, the timing of the comments make you cringe a little bit. Again, it's not wrong. It's the timing of the comments. This is a Monday after your team lost 51 to 13. 51 to 13. I don't know if you realize this, but people are willing to give when they are emotionally caught up in a moment of winning. Like, oh, you're winning? Let's give you more. Donations go up when you have success. Tennessee right now, donations are up. That's why Danny White get, did the whole field goal post bit after Tennessee beat Alabama last year. Donations are up. When you win, people are are more willing to give, even though you need people to give to get where you want to be. It's the whole chicken and egg conversation. Stoops ain't wrong. It's just the timing. Ain't nobody trying to hear about how you need better players through the NIL after getting your ass will 51 to, to, to 13. Nobody want to hear that. But it's true. That's what it, it is what he needs. If I'm a Kentucky fan, I want to know a couple of questions. So, uh, Coach Stoops, when, when you going to recruit a quarterback and develop that quarterback? When you when, when we doing that? When, when are we doing that? Are we just going to live in a portal to get quarterbacks? Is that what we're going to do? Well, Devin Leary, Devin Leary has gotten worse, too, since – getting to Kentucky. If I'm not mistaken, he was a a preseason ACC player of the year at at one point, which I know that's preseason, but it also speaks to what you have done the year prior to earn that recognition going into the season. And he he has not looked good whatsoever. I mean, you heard Stoops. Would you classify what he said about Leary after the game? If you saw those comments about needing to, to hit some of those open throws, uh, because Liam Cohen actually was dialing up a a, a really good game. The, the players just were not executing all, offensively, dropping wide open passes and, and missing wide open passes, and and, did, and getting did, boneheaded penalties after after the whistle. Yes. Did did you? What did you think of Stoops' comments there with, with Leary? If you saw those, just about him uh, essentially saying that, "Hey, you, we've got to hit those plays. The, the quarterback's got to make those throws." I didn't see the comments because I wasn't watching towards the end of the game, Ben. Um, but 
I agree with that. I mean, he has to play better, uh, no doubt about it. Um, another question I would have if, if I'm a Kentucky fan is, um, why, 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 why are we coaching so scared? I mean, during the broadcast, the commentators were like, yo, you going to call a timeout? Try to get the ball back? At the end of the first half? Like, I feel like Stoops coaches scared and coaches not to lose. He doesn't really coach all that aggressive to me, which brings me to um, the coaching matchup between Tennessee and Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher electing not to go forward on fourth down and one. You're playing Alabama. You brought in Bobby Petrino, one of the best offensive minds in the last 25 years. You brought him in. You relinquished your play call duties, something that you didn't want to do. You were really, really stubborn about. You gave him the play sheet. You made him the offensive coordinator. You allowed him to call plays, but you ain't going to go for it on fourth down and one? And you've been recruiting in the top five in the last five five years? In one year, you had the best recruiting class in the country, but you're you not going to allow Bob Petrino, the guy you brought in, to go for it on fourth and one, but then say if it was fourth and inches, you would have went for it? Huh? So yeah. expect, in this game, Ben, expect Jimbo Fisher to be going for it on fourth down and one. He's going to be going for it on fourth down in this game. You better Yeah. I, I somewhat – I forget the situation of the fourth and one. Do, do you happen to remember the score and where they were on the field when, when they went for it on fourth and one? I'm, I'm blanking on, on that. Oh, I'll pull it up. But I, I, I can understand it to a certain extent because your offensive line isn't very good and, and Alabama's defensive front was was getting after them I, I don't know that I would trust my offensive front to if I'm in him I wouldn't trust my offensive front to to get a yard even if it is a yard um, against that Alabama defensive front with the way that that game was was playing out but surely you have something in the playbook to I mean Jimbo and Bobby Petrino are supposed to be offensive wizards surely there's something you could dial up in that moment to 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 get a yard even if you don't necessarily trust your offensive line within that moment, and you do have a backup quarterback in the game, uh, but I did think his his excuse after the game was was pretty weak, saying that if it was like fourth and inches, that then I would have gone for it. Like what? Like if 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 you didn't want to go for it because you don't trust your offensive line, just say that. That that like, sounds better. Can't say that. I, I don't know if you can keep it that real in public. Not that Jimbo cares about keeping it real publicly, so I, I don't know why he'd be intimidated about keeping it real. But like, what's the difference between fourth and inches and fourth and one? <laughs> so I, I thought his excuse was pretty weak after after the game. Uh, if we're talking about this fourth down one where it's. 26 to 17, Alabama. You got the ball right there at the Alabama two, and it's fourth down. You kick a field goal. Yeah, that's weak sauce. What that's going to do? Yeah, that, that's that's weak. I couldn't remember if it, it was when the, the game, when AM was ahead. Uh, if, if you're trailing in that instance, I mean, you you got to go for it. At the two, I mean, that that is Butch Jones level coaching. I mean, if we, if we want to, if we want to go to another fourth down and one situation where you know it's seventeen seventeen, and um, 
A&M decided to punt. They had a seven-play, 30-yard drive, and fourth down to one at the Alabama 45-yard line. That might be it right there. 45-yard line. Fourth and one. 45-yard line at Alabama's. You punt. And then you kick the ball out of bounds. So you only got 25 yards. Yeah. Because, I, I, because of that happened, Ben, because that happened, you watch. Jimbo's going to be aggressive this weekend. He, he'll go for it on fourth down. He'll go for that, it. That, that, that is interesting. I, I would think so as well. Uh, it also makes me think that Tennessee will have a coaching advantage in this football game. I I don't think that Jimbo and, and Bobby are are bad, but I, I just don't I don't trust Jimbo. I, I just don't. He he's just so sporadic and always kind of on edge and I think that impacts his decision making in, in terms of on the field and his game management. It, it just seems like it, it's one of these issues over and over and over again. And so uh, we haven't really seen Josh Heupel struggle with the decision-making process throughout a a football game. Uh, He he seems to, to, to make smart decisions and and the best decisions at at the time. And in terms of whether or not to go for it and and whether or not to punt, I don't really remember a situation off the top of my head where I I vehemently disagreed with, with whether Heupel punted or, or went for it. Uh, so I, I would think that Tennessee has the coaching ad- advantage in, in this one. Not not that Jumbo and, and Bobby Petrino is, is, are bad coaches, but they, they just make some some very questionable decisions that, that just don't really make a ton of sense. And I think it goes back to, to Jimbo's personality kind of being sporadic, it seems. Jimbo is stuck a little bit, in, you know, in the past, old school, but We'll see um, if he's willing to adapt a little bit after this past week losing the game and um, playing a little scared, man. Scared money don't make money. Uh, Vol Nation says a lot of people have been ragging on Kamal Hatton, but what do y'all think about him now? Uh, P.S. I was on y'all show saying that Mays being hurt hurt us being on the schedule, and when he returned, he would right a lot of wrongs. Um, yeah, I mean – we we addressed this last last week um, when I did the show on Thursday, and then we talked about it Tuesday too about Kamal Hatton. I mean, dude, it's graded better, graded out better than any other secondary player in our team. He's our best cover guy. Um, he's making plays. One bad play doesn't define you, and he had a bad play versus Florida. Didn't have his best performance, but you are allowed to redeem yourself. I thought Kamal Haddon uh, has done that, and some of the criticism has been out of bounds. Um, that, that's kind of what I said about about Kamal Haddon. Um, Louisiana Vol, tempo, 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 hands on the hip. Take it out of them early. Don't ever let them think they got a chance. Uh, Culp's Vol says, hopefully tempo keeps that D-line huffing and puffing. D. Mill says that freaking Florida loss just hurts Ugh. and looks worse every Saturday. No, it's going to continue to look worse. Uh, Vaughn Birmingham says the thing about college football this year is above average. Is above average can win a national championship. Nobody's great this year. Everybody can be beat. We beat AM and Alabama, and we are in the natty talk. 
Ain't that crazy? That's true. Ben live way down in Robert Robbinsville. Uh, about close. Out of town. He's he's close. Sean Reed says I'm off headed to our cabin bill. Signal sucks, so no calling in. Love hearing y'all two in the morning. Hope all is well. Much love to you, Sean Reed. see what else is here raleigh vall says my guy leary gotta still be hurt 35 and 5 and 21 and he don't look right mm-hmm. he don't again you, you talk about developing a, a quarterback it's 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 pretty baffling especially when they have an nfl level coordinator and, and quarterbacks coach and, and liam cohen he has gotten worse since since he got to Kentucky, Devin Leary has. And he was, uh, again, to Riley Vall's point, 35 touchdowns and five interceptions. And, and yeah, the ACC is not the SEC, but it, it's still one of the better conferences in, in America. And now he, he can't even hit wide open receivers over the middle of the field that college quarterbacks at a Power 5 school, at an SEC school, should be making in their sleep. That, that that's a little weird to me. And with what Kentucky people say is the greatest wide receiver room that Kentucky has ever had in terms of pure talent and Dane yeah. key and, and Barry on Brown and the Robinson kid. And he's missing wide open throws over the middle of the field. It's a little weird there. Yeah, it's a good group. Bradley Vall says, will Dante be playing on the outside on Saturday, uh, on, on Thursday, Ben, um, Rusty called in with a really good question about the, the receiver. Um, rotation now that Brew McCoy's out. And uh, I compared Dante Thornton's body type to a uh, Javante Payton, someone that's long, um, that can run in a straight line. Um, Javante Payton, every time he caught the ball, it was like a touchdown in 2021. So you, you can't take Squirrel off the field. Squirrel needs to be in the slot, so you're not, you're not taking him off the field. So now it's a battle between Thornton, Nimrod and Webb. And so for Thornton, who uh, did have a little bit of a hamstring and caused him to miss the South Carolina game with the bye week, how healthy is he? And to play on the outside, you got to you gotta have some physicality. Um, you got to be able to stop on those curl rocks, uh, coming right back down on the stem and being able to catch the ball in front of, you, in front of your face, catch it, tuck it, be able to turn and pick up extra yardage. Uh, maybe playing on the outside where there's less congestion, uh, congestion would be a little, little bit better for Thornton than playing playing in a slot. I don't know, but uh, if Thornton's going to make an impact, looks like it's going to be on, on the outside. Uh, Nimrod is a guy that possesses some, some good speed there, uh, mid-4-4s. Then you have Caleb Webb that reminds me more uh, of Tillman than any of those other two guys. So he's more physical. It's all about making plays. I mean, this football game is going to be about grown men plays. And if if you're scared, it ain't going to work. You can't be nervous. You can't be scared. You can't let the moment get too big for you. So guys like Thornton and Nimrod and Webb and um, Colin Castles, man, they got got to step it up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I I think – Obviously, you need a couple of receivers to step up now, but I, I think they really need to involve the tight ends more than they have. 
I, I think Jacob Horn is capable of being a, a playmaker in the passing game. I, I thought he played really, really well uh, against South Carolina, made, made some really impressive catches, especially the, the touchdown catch uh, where he somewhat high-pointed the football over the defender and, and still got his toes in bounds. thought that was a very impressive catch. And that's kind of what Jacob's always been known for as well, especially coming out of Farragut High School, is his ability to to pl- make plays as a receiving tight end. Um, so I would like to see Tennessee get Jacob Warren more involved. And McCollin Castles absolutely struggled in that second half against South Carolina. There were several plays that he would love to have back. Uh, but I do think he's a better football player than he showed in that half. And, and they need to get him going. He, he can he can be a true weapon. I mean, he, he is somebody for a tight end that can make plays in space. We, we saw it earlier this year on, on his long touchdown run i i do guess that was against utsa or uh, some somebody like that I maybe was, i think that was against ap yeah against austin p that's right but again he he's he, he's pretty athletic for for a tight end so I, I think that can be i don't know if easy is the right way to say it but but an easy way to take some pressure off of the receivers while they try to find their footing after this brew injury by getting the tight ends more involved got Thursday to break this game down even more. Um, boy, what a what an opportunity. Something has to give, though, Ben. I mean, A&M, seven straight road L's. Tennessee, 12 straight home wins. You got Chuck and Nealon. Atmosphere should be on, should be on 10. Yeah, and, and I know Bama just went into College Station – in what was a pretty lively environment uh, and won that game. Uh, But there haven't been a a ton of road wins uh, so far for the SEC this season. Uh, Patrick Brown broke it down on on one of our most recent podcasts at at Govals 24-7. But uh, I I think there are only like six or so road wins going into this past week. Uh, And one was Auburn at Cal. And there wasn't really one that stood out prior to Bama winning on the road at A&M. Uh, so I, I said it earlier, obviously the, the Neyland effect won't, won't completely dictate the outcome of the game, but, but I think it, it is absolutely uh, going to, to play a factor. Uh, it, it is just really, really hard to come into Neyland stadium right now and, and beat this football program uh, under Josh Heupel. And uh, I, I think that th- there may be pretty, even play on the field, and if that's the case, uh, then I think Neyland Stadium is going to be the difference on Saturday. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. With the temperature dropping, you want to make sure that when you start your heater for the first time, uh, you don't want to be dealing with breakdowns and other issues. So this month, Hiller is offering half-off HVAC tune-ups. Also, Hiller is bringing back their 99 drain cleaning special for just $99. Hiller will get you back up and running. These deals only last this month, so make sure that you call now. For more details, visit the website, happyhiller.com. Service is free if you are not happy. Happy you'll be or the service is free. That is Hiller, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Uh, let's see what else is on the text box this morning. A&M is 0-5 in October. Big Orange, one, two, three. 
Uh, Cope's fault. Will we see Ethan Davis this year? Uh, Kelly has some issues catching the ball, but he's a good blocker. He's just, yeah, McCollum and Castle just needs to just chill out and calm down, relax. I think, um, and I, I like to call him McCastles, uh, combine the two, two names, but I think McCastles and, and Thornton are, are kind of in the same boat. They just need to relax and um, just, just make the simple play and not press too much. Uh, C-Mike says, you and Peyton wanted to go to Michigan, huh? Um, well, I guess so. I guess so. But we didn't. So, it don't really matter, C-Mac. How about that? How about that? It don't matter. Uh, folks, mental health is super, super important uh, as well. MindBodyNoxville.com. Uh, they are accessible. They are affordable and available for you. Uh, MindBodyNoxville offers mental uh, health care that works for you, making it easy to take care of your mental well-being. They're serving Nashville. They're serving Knoxville. The website is mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment. I've, I've experienced the benefits of therapy myself, and so I encourage you folks to, to do the same. Uh, if you're on the fence about whether or not you should go see a therapist, go do it. Go do it. Mind Body Wellness, mindbodyknoxville.com is, is the website. Um, let's see what else is here. Oh, happy for the Braves fans out there. That was a little scary. Got the win last night. You watch any of it? I did not. I did not. I, I do not ask that sarcastically because I know that baseball isn't your favorite sport, but uh, it, it was a, a really exciting baseball game. I even think the the the, the people like yourself who, who don't love baseball as, as much as some others, I, I think you would have really enjoyed uh, the eighth and, and ninth inning as well. It, it was about a 15-minute stretch there of just really, really exciting, exciting sports, not not just baseball. I mean, that, that atmosphere at truest – and uh, the regular season is awesome, and, and it's one of the best atmospheres in, in sports when the playoffs roll around as well. And it, it was rocking last night when Austin Riley uh, hit that two-run homer to give them the lead in the bottom of the eighth. And uh, what a play by Michael Harris to make that catch uh, up against the the Braves' bullpen, I guess it is, in, in right center field. You would love Michael Harris. You, you would. The Braves' center fielder, he, he's your type of guy. He, he would be one of your favorite players for sure. And then the, the awareness of Austin Riley backing up the throw in the second base and gunning down Bryce Harper at first was just all time elite fundamental baseball of always being aware of what's going on in the field and, and not standing still and, and backing throws up. That was, that was a fun 15 minutes of, of baseball right there. You would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Game three is tomorrow. I'm a, I'm a definitely have it on my to do one. Cause I like, the cool I like, part about this, I like playoff baseball like when you know Tennessee was on their run a couple of years ago and for the last couple of years that is so fun to watch so playoff baseball especially the Braves I got a soft spot for the Braves uh because of my childhood but like yeah I'll, I'll be tuning in uh tomorrow game three at Philly yeah the, the cool part about this series is that you have two of the best fan bases in, in in baseball and two of the best sports cities 
in America kind of going head to head and uh that that atmosphere the Phillies played in the the wild card series last week and uh Citizens Bank Park there in Philly was absolutely electric so you have two of the best baseball environments in major league baseball kind of going toe to toe and it'll be fun to to watch truest the the atmosphere there and and then the the atmosphere tomorrow night at, at Citizens Bank in in Philly it should be a really fun series uh and it makes you appreciate the Phillies home field advantage and the Braves home field advantage when the Braves have that exciting win and then they switch over to the Dodgers and, and Diamondbacks game and there's like nobody in the stands at, at the Diamondbacks or at the Dodger stadium as if it's a, a random afternoon game in, in June or July that that was embarrassing for the Dodgers to see nobody in the stands for a playoff game but uh, speaks to the passion of, of people in the south for their teams 100% man 100% we got passion. We'll have more of it on Thursday. We got vol calls uh, on Wednesday. We'll hear from players, coaches. Coordinators. What'd you say? Coordinators are about to speak in about an hour and a half, so we'll so, have plenty to, to recap from Tim Banks and Joey Halsley as well. So we got a lot to cover. Uh, this week, man. It is officially game week again. The bye week was good, but it's good to be back. Good to be back. Huge game this weekend. Three game stretch that is not for the faint of heart. Then Tennessee will start that stretch playing at home versus Texas A&M. It is checker kneeling. What color are you wearing, Ben? Uh, black, Steeler, Steeler, black. You wearing black because you're the media. I'll Ace. be wearing some some form of pullover, quarter zip, or, or jacket because the the Neyland Stadium press box is an absolute ice box. You would think it's December fifth in that press box. Sweet event fueled by Dead End Barbecue podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, will be available. Thanks to Betty Chevrolet and BettyChevrolet.com. SUVs, trucks. Pre-owned, starting as low as nineteen nine nine five. Go to the website BettyChevrolet.com. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. The Swain events fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and much love. We are out.